Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for September 20th, 2020. A lot of 20s there. Uh, proper 20, uh, the 16th Sunday after Pentecost. Uh, uh, are you reading me 20 by 20? Uh, Bruce, how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing fine. Thank you. <laughs> uh, we're coming I was going to mess with you. Well, okay, I'll mess with you. Yeah, please. What else I'm, re- is I'm reading you five by five. <laughs> Four times. Four, that's, I, I thought of that too as I was getting ready to say it. Like uh, four, four times five by five, twenty by twenty. Um, uh, we've got twenty. We're going to have twenty twenty vision on the gospel reading today, and uh, no, I, I can't think of any other ways to bring it in. Quite um, well, we're not ahead. <laughs> we're way behind. Yeah. Uh, we're coming to you not live uh, uh, for your benefit uh, <laughs> uh, on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana, and um, this is um, uh, this is uh, we're 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 starting to see the daylight uh, here at the uh, the end of this season. We're gonna we're gonna be coming into Advent here in just a couple of months, uh, some some nine short weeks uh, from now. My um, bet is it'll go by quickly. Uh, like uh, like everything else, uh, uh, the the 2020s uh, time warp. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it'll be tomorrow, uh, or yesterday, or a million years from now. I don't know. Yeah, um, you'll get in your car. Tell me, wait a minute, this is a time machine. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, uh, uh, so we're 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 uh, man, September 20th already. We're we are. Chugging along, or at least it feels that way to me. Uh, Bruce, I've got a word of the day for you. Would you like? Would, would you like to delve into that? Sure. Um, I was uh, uh, intrigued by this uh, being in the Episcopal Dictionary. The great silence. The great silence. Hmm. I. Phew. I've heard it a bazillion times, the term, because it would be ironic to say I heard the great silence. Uh, (laughs) Or I guess not ironic, just totally dumb. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Is that the time after the bread is broken at the altar and during communion? It is not. Okay. That was my guess. Uh, it is uh, the time between the last common prayer at night and the oh! first common prayer in the morning. Yeah, that. Uh, I feel, I feel quite the idiot because so many yeah. times I've heard the announcement at a retreat, and then shall begin the great silence, <laughs> <laughs> which basically Maybe. means stop talking to each other and go to bed. Right. <laughs> Maybe I use I'm just with my kids. Too I mean. sleepy. Yeah. <laughs> I said, they'll give you a great silence. Um, or any kid. But yeah, that's it. Yeah. And it comes from monastery life um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the convents and monasteries where, yeah, that was when it was time for the monks and nuns to go to bed and go to sleep. Yep. It, it, it does, uh, it, yeah, it does uh, point out during this time, one should avoid disturbing noises and speak only in emergencies. Yeah, and part of the thing to keep in mind is that essentially convents and, and monasteries were set up in dormitory style. So, it, you know, if there were two people having a whispering conversation, then it would keep the whole community awake. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. in addition to the spiritual thing, if it gave time perhaps for God to speak to you and you actually listen, there's also probably just as importantly the practical dimension of people need to get their rest. And yeah. so. Be quiet. Yeah. Keep it down, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so I, I, it, it, it is not at first. At first blush, when I saw the the, um, the 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 name in the glossary, there, I was like, "Ooh, is that like a a period of time in history?" Oh uh, yeah. Where, like, you know, nothing was written, or you know, uh, 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 where where. Um, uh, was it referring to the period of time where uh, um, 
the the tribe of Israel uh, was ripped away from their homeland and uh, oh, good for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like felt absent from God or something like that. And they're like, no, no, no. It's just uh, it's just shut up time. It's, yeah, uh, you be quiet now. It's night night time. We're, we're trying to sleep. <laughs> well, and and one of the interesting things um, is then the silence is started with the last. Com- Last prayer people are saying together and begins mm-hmm. with um, the first commu- first time the community worships together, and it I, when I've experienced that on retreats and such, it, it is very moving, mm-hmm. and also just to bring it into current day, um, though I haven't used it, haven't heard anyone. Probably someone has apply this to using devices that it's a good idea to have in one's own life a sense of the great silence in terms of email and texts and social media and things yeah. like that to yeah, for sure really have a, a a good discipline around that so that after whatever time it is that's right for you uh, it's yeah now my great silence is beginning and I'm not going to respond to something because I'm not going to read it to begin with Right. And I'm an avid reader, so I'll say, but novels are okay. <laughs> <laughs> Even it. if it's on a Kindle. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> but that's one of the reasons I got a Kindle, and I don't have email or, or social media on it, so I don't get pop-up alerts on it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's something that you can do and and kind of be a little, still a little withdrawn from. Yeah. From from other other distractions, yeah, I get that. So, um, much unlike this podcast, let's uh, <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's move into the reading and yeah. uh, uh, continue our great noise. Um, yes. Wow! 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 I always think of a, a loud gong or clanging cymbal. That uh, that, that that reference to that's me. Well done, well done. Be, be a loud gong or clanging cymbal. Level. Well, I can be distractingly noisy like that. That's me. I got gotcha. you. Um, so our first reading today is from Jonah. Uh, it's the last verse of... Uh, well, actually, yeah. that would be a question. Is it the last verse of uh, chapter 3? I think so. Okay. Uh, only 10 yeah. verses in, in chapter 3. Uh, and the book of Jonah is very short. Gotcha. Um, and uh, so uh, chapter 3, verse 10, and then... Four, uh, chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. So that is, they are contiguous. Uh, but that reads, When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, God changed his mind about the calamity that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. But this was very displeasing to Jonah, and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is not this what I said while I was still in my own country? That is why I fled to Tarshish at the beginning, for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and ready to relent from punishing. And now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, Is it right for you to be angry? Then Jonah went out of the city and sat down east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under the it in the shade, waiting to see what would become of the city. The Lord God appointed a bush and made it come up over Jonah to give shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was very happy about the bush. But when dawn came upon the next day, God appointed a worm to attack the bush so that it withered. When the sun rose, God prepared a sultry east wind and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint and asked that he might die. He said, It is better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry about the bush? And he said, Yes, angry enough to die. Then the Lord said, You are concerned about the bush for which you did not labor and which you did not grow. It came into being in a night and perished in a night. Then should I not be concerned about Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who who do not know their right hand from their left, and also many animals. Um, just for context, I think everybody knows the story of Jonah and the whale, but then from there, the story gets a little fuzzy in our memories. You know what I mean? 
like <clears throat> you know swallow tried to tried to escape his dentist destiny uh this the whale swallowed him up spat him on the land where he was supposed to go uh and but then like everybody else like um and that was that was that was it that was, that was, that was it. <laughs> that makes for the good carnival ride so that's let's the, move on yeah that's the whole thing uh uh but uh but that's that's not the end of the story that's like the beginning so um uh helpful in the gap for our uh our, our young um, um, you know, children's ministry minds, uh, and 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 let's uh, fill in the gap between that well-known story and where we find ourselves here uh, in chapter four. Well, I'll I'll start by saying, since you brought up children, when um, I was first ordained and teaching uh, confirmation classes to sixth graders, uh, one of the things I said, okay, one of the things you're going to have to do is read an entire book of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And I said, and this is the one, Jonah. And, you know, there we go, oh, oh, book. Oh. And it's only four, four chapters. And as you pointed out, each chapter is only about 11 verses. Yeah. So it, it's a very, very short book. Um, and so it, it is one you can practically read while you're waiting for the spaghetti to cook in the evening. And maybe you can, if depending on how you cook it. Right. Um, <laughs> so it's the, it's the story of Jonah being sent by or god asking jonah go to go to nineveh to tell them to straighten out so they can return um to god's embrace and jonah says no way <laughs> it's a great book jonah says no way am i going to do that because i know you you're going to be merciful so i'll go all that way and then you're just going to be merciful anyway Right, and so part of what happens is uh, he, he being, I believe, he's tossed overboard, um, or may, or maybe he, I forget if he's tossed overboard if the ship wrecks. Anyway, he's no, trying I think to. You're f- right. I think they toss him overboard. Yeah, he's he, he's fleeing that mission that God has given him, and he's tossed overboard, and God saves him with the whale, um, who safely safely brings him to shore and Jonah's still ticked off and upset and ungrateful. Um, and so finally he gets to Nineveh. He tells them that the you know, you humans, you gotta repent. And the people of Nineveh go absolutely overboard in repenting. Even the animals wear sackcloth and ashes, which they were not asked to do. But right. they, the, the people of Nineveh really want to make sure God sees that they are truly repenting. Um, Jonah, therefore, we pick up the story that God's, uh, the first verse from, this, from today, when God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, God changed his mind about the calamity that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. Which, and then the ne- next verse but this was very displeasing to Jonah, and he became angry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's the book of Jonah in a nutshell. <laughs> and that's and, and and yeah. So so we pick up uh, uh, right there at the beginning, and that's where he's. I told you why. This is exactly what I said at the beginning. Part of this book was you're gonna forgive him anyway. Like, you don't need me. Why? Why am I being uprooted and sent all the way over here? He's like, this is Jonah is the great whiner. Like <laughs> as yes. I read this, I hear all I hear is uh, just I, it's so hot and it's hard, and I I don't want to. You know what I mean? Like that's to me that's uh, that's Jonah's voice in my head as I read his story. He's just he's just oh, I don't want to. Come on. <laughs> 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 that works for me, and, and, and well, and, and it kind of it, it's really solidified, honestly, uh, when he's in in this story about the bush because uh, God, he's like, I, I think it's better for me to die than live, and he's like, why? Because of the bush? Yes, because of the yeah! bush. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> I'm angry enough to die, I could just die. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, we used, you know to show up to date myself. We used to say you could totally 
Reed Jonas parts as a um, in a Valley Girl or Valley Boy oh, accent. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Oh god! <laughs> so hot. Oh, why is it so hot? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, so, which is which is highly comical. I mean, like to to me, uh, reading if you, if reading the whole story, this is like a this is almost like kind of almost a comedy in, 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 oh yeah in, uh, in in many aspects uh which is i know sacrilegious to some people to to to, to point out that uh hey this you know this book of the bible that we you know uh, is a guide for our life this part's really funny <laughs> yeah yeah and that that's one reason i had kids read it is that they they since they have few preconceptions besides it was boring about the bible uh, they could immediately pick up the humor and seldom feel sacrilegious doing it. Whereas adults, it's mm. it often takes a little bit of um, effort, both by someone saying it and someone hearing it, to believe mm. that this really is humor. And it it is written really as a satire of what other prophets were were had been recorded doing. Right, 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 and in the let's be fair the base part of this story this this uh this back and forth uh, that he has uh, with god in in uh in verse 2 of chapter 4 is kind of like the base concept like what do we what, what do we need why does god need us to do anything if god you know if if all this stuff is going to you know, if he has grace and everything is already kind of kind of this preconceived notion that, or this notion that everything is preordained, if you're going to forgive him anyway. What do you need prophets for? What do you need? Why do I need to be a good person? Everything is within your control, and you don't need me. Um, it's kind of the, the 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 base of this story, right? Why are we important? Eh, somewhat. No? Okay. Um, but the the part that at, at least, well, the part that's really more important, at least to many people, is that this, this lays to rest, hopefully, the idea that God is a punishing God. Mm. Okay. And okay. Um, it, it, because it was written during the time or just as during the time of the exile, when the Jews had been taken um, as slaves into Babylonia, and so part of the great debate within those people was, okay, if we've done, so if someone did something this bad that we're being punished by being enslaved, how are we ever going to get out of this? Mm. Uh, because clearly someone we don't know even has really messed up because there was this f almost folk wisdom that sadly we people still sort of carry sometimes that you know, that in order for something bad to happen then someone must have really messed up and God is punishing people right and that, and, and that does carry through to today there are still plenty of people oh, who yeah and so here you have both in the mouth of God and in the mouth of the prophet a debate, not a debate, but a stating that God's basic um, existence is to be merciful and of great kindness, which is a, a quote from Exodus, so a very, very old verse mm. that is quoted in Jonah, um, that both the divine and the human are saying, God is merciful. That, um, and, and Jonah's saying, these guys deserve everything you can rain down on them. Mm -hmm. and, and so I'm going to sit here until you rain down all of your wrath. And, you know, let's see some volcanoes blow up and some lightning strike and some plagues and nothing. <laughs> None right. of that happens. Right. And, um, and so it, it's, it's frankly telling us that we are the ones who have invented that aspect of God, the punishing aspect, and mostly for our own entertainment. Hmm. 
and who God really is, is the merciful one, particularly in comparison to the human race. Yeah, yeah, and that definitely does, there, there is a stark contrast, obviously, yeah, between Jonah's, <laughs> what Jonah would do and what God does. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of summer blockbuster movies of the last 10, 20 years where you know, there's always, in the, in the big successful ones, a climactic battle of, with lots of explosions and death and um, gore and stuff. And Jonah sets up that possibility, and then instead everyone sits down and talks and gets along okay. Yeah. No battle. Yeah, that's uh yeah, that's really interesting. Um the the um the the the, the idea that uh um this is this is trying to shift the narrative of 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 how we viewed God as as kind of more of a, a God of justice is interesting. You know what I mean? Like we, uh, and I can understand the, the uh, uh, tribe of Israel wanting their pound of flesh, right? That, that so, so, well, yeah, you're kind of you're indicating that that's this is trying to shift that narrative and be like, no, that's not really how God is. He's not really so much the God of Sodom and Gomorrah. He's this compassionate. And right, slow to anger, merciful, abounding in steadfast love, um, uh, uh, kind of a a, a, a a deity, which is not. You're right. Is 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 not always what he, how he's remembered in the Old Testament. Right, and and it's important to note that this was written while Israel, while the Jews were at the bottom. Mm. So part of it is telling. Telling them, yes, you're enslaved right now, and you can't expect God to wipe out Babylonia because of this. Okay, yeah. That don't expect divine retribution over this because that's not how God works. Right. Um, to which, which of course, is a lesson for all of us today. Yeah, yeah, for sure it is. Um, to to flesh out. Um, um, my my point of view on on uh, uh, needing needing human interaction uh, the, the uh, to me the point of this story uh, had at least had been until Bruce blew it out of the water. So <laughs> um, the, you know the, this discussion of like why do we you know why are we even involved why can't just God take care of all of this uh, uh, himself and you'll notice that any of the stories Old Testament new. The, the the message uh, that changes hearts and minds is always delivered by a, a human entity, right? And that and that includes Jesus. I mean, it, you know, in his human yeah. form. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's 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 always because that's how we interact. That's how we that's how we learn and listen is from one another. Um, so. Should any of these stories be completely devoid of human-to-human -human interaction to deliver a message, the whole relationship would be vastly different, right? There's, there's, uh, that that's that starts getting into the whole discussion of uh, of free will. That that gets into the whole discussion uh, about the nature of humanity uh, to its creator. Uh, it would it would shift all of that because. We we no longer would like we would just be a cowering subject uh, instead. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so for me that that was kind of that's kind of like the point. It's like no, no, no. You don't understand. I they you you're the one that they listen to. Yes, that and that is an important part of the story. Um, that yes, human action use using our free will and. Jonah needed a lot of convincing to use it, uh, does change the world and changes the world in a way that God cannot. That we, we do have a power with the rest of the human race that angels and God do not carry because we, you know, we frankly, we believe Amazon ratings more than we do the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and yeah. So you, that aspect of the story is important. You're completely right. And the other thing that I'll add to it 
is this is a primary example of the messenger does not have to be fully wonderful to be effective. Because mm -hmm. you know, Jonah's about the worst messenger you can imagine. I mean, he's, he doesn't like Nineveh. He thinks they're jerks. He's talking to them very reluctantly. So it's not like he's been off on a spiritual retreat in the great silence for years and years and years and has a halo glowing around his head and people can't wait to hear what he has to say. He's a grump yeah. and still changes the world. So when we think our act, we don't have our acts together enough to be vessels of God's grace, we're totally wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, before we leave, uh, let, I want to take one quick second uh, to point out, this is how the book ends. Yeah, yeah. Is, that, that, that last line of, uh, should I not be concerned about Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left, and also... Many animals. The end. Yes. <laughs> and Which is kind of funny. Kind of a funny way to end a book. It, ex you're, yes. Yes. And that's part of the point for us to understand it. Is that God has the last punchline. Where even what God is saying is funny about the animals. Yeah. And, and the, the last word in Hebrew as well as English is... In this case, in Hebrew, sometimes it's or in English, it's sometimes translated as livestock. But you know how what's whatever the funniest way you can say cattle or livestock or animals, that's the translation you should use here because that's the point. Is mm. um, is that it's this amazing, funny story where even the animals repent, which is not a right. concern anywhere else in the scriptures. Right. The other, right, right. the the very very um, uh, linguistically f interesting part uh, to also show the care in which this book was uh, made is Jonah's complaint to God in Hebrew is thirty nine words. The closing speech by God is thirty nine words. Hmm. And so it's very purposefully balanced of God gets the last word and balances out the complaints that the human had. Interesting. Yeah. Very and, again, interesting. and again, doesn't overwhelm, just balances it. Hmm. It's, it's a fun book. Great, great. This is one that's um, a nerd like me can spend hours reading commentaries on it and still be learning more and more out of it. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, so there you go. Uh, homework for the week. Read all four chapters of Jonah <laughs> and uh, get back to us. Let us know your thoughts. <laughs> Actually, yeah. I mean, this would be a great one if you, for you know, everyone to, you know, all, both of you listeners. <laughs> right. To, you know, email your response to Jonah and we'll have some fun with it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, so uh, with Answer, that... It's usually more than two, by the way. But yes, let's move on. Yes, yes. Yeah, there's thousands of you out there. You just don't, you just don't know it. Um, so uh, the second reading is from the book of Philippians, chapter 1, verse 21 through 30. For to me, living is Christ and dying is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. And I do not know which I prefer. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary for you. Since I am convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with all of you for your progress and joy in faith, so that I may share abundantly in your boasting in Christ Jesus when I come to you again. Only... Live your life in a manner worthy of our gospel of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or an ab am absent and hear about you, I will know that you are standing firm in one spirit, striving side by side with one mind for the faith of the gospel, and are in no way intimidated by your opponents. For them, this ev is evidence of their destruction, but of your. For them, this is evidence of their destruction, but of your salvation. 
and this is God's doing. For he has graciously granted you the privilege not only of believing in Christ, but of suffering for him as well, since you are having the same struggle that you saw I had, and now hear that I am I still have. So the book of Philippians, mm-hmm. uh, written by question mark, <laughs> almost certainly Paul. Okay, another another Pauline letter. Yeah, uh, to um, Philippi. The the one uh, scholarly debate is whether it was a single letter or if it's perhaps as many as three letters that were combined. But mm. majority of scholars think it was three. I mean, okay. I'm sorry, think it was one, and it has three sections within it, which is not unusual, as you might remember from the uh, Romans that we letter Romans that we finished last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, first act, second act, and third act. Um, yeah. But so, so this is the beginning part of the letter, um, and he's kind of setting. It seems like he's kind of setting up. Uh, here's where I'm coming from. Here's where I know you're coming from. Um, kind of a kind of a start to a letter, right? It's, it's kind of the, the the vibe I'm getting. Yeah, and this is this is a community that he helped form. He helped plant, mm-hmm. as we would say now. And so, yeah, it's a it's a long time. It's a months 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 long relationship that's pretty intimate. So. Um, you know, he can kind of speak from his heart. Yeah, and uh, it's kind of a weird thing for him to say, let's let's just be honest, where he's, especially the way that this uh, th- this uh, reading is, is, is um, uh, created. I guess we could say that, because the reading is kind of, we, we choose where to start and where to end. Um, he's like, I'd rather be dead, but you know what, it's better for you. If I'm here, so I will. I'll, yeah, I'll stick around. Um, he is. He is writing from prison. Okay. Okay. So I mean that that's what he had covered in the verses before this. Gotcha. So this is this is uh, this is like indication of uh, unfinished work, um, that kind of a thing, or well, not just unfinished work, but life's really hard right now. I won't kid you. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the reasons. Basically, you help give meaning in my life. Oh, so, okay. That, you know, he can, even while he's in prison, which was terrible to be in un, under the Romans, and it's the Roman prison he's in somewhere. We aren't sure if it's in Rome or um, somewhere else within the Roman Empire. Even, you know, one of the ways he gets through the unpleasant, to put it lightly, conditions he's under is to think of the people of Philippi and to know they're praying for him. They have sent him provisions. Um, that's talked about elsewhere in the letter. And therefore, he has something to live for. Hmm. Yeah. And then, but, uh, but also, whenever he does die, he gets to be even closer to Christ. So that won't be so bad. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, which which I, I suppose would be... Uh, in Encouraging. I'm not sure if uh, the background story of the Philippians is uh, any sort of per- persecution and death, but um, but but should they face something like that, they could look to these words of Paul as uh, kind of encouraging in, in that. Yeah. You know, like, hey, look, it's not that you know we shouldn't fear that that part of it, uh, our our life cycle. Um, there's there's a, there's there's a Big benefit to um, dying with uh, living with Christ and then dying to be to to depart and be with Him. Um, yeah, he's trying to he's expressing the theology of Christianity that we often set aside as contemporary Christians. That if we live in Christ, we're already in heaven, even mm-hmm. as we're walking this earth, and therefore we can get through the very very difficult times of a human life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, he's just kind of. I mean, this is still the groundwork of the letter. This is like the beginning part yeah. of it. Um, and uh, um, the good news here is, it, while this isn't, I, I don't feel as though this has like a, a ton of um, 
discussion around it. Um, this reading in particular, or I mean, in particular, it, but we do similar to Romans, we will kind of progress through um, the book of Philippians. So this is kind of just like our our first layer, our first level yeah. uh, introductory reading, and we'll kind of start to, to to really delve into some of the concepts that he's he he wants to express to uh, to to the to the Philippians. Uh, here in, in in the coming weeks, but um, but it's not that this this uh, this section doesn't contain anything. He he does say live your life in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, uh, and whether so that whenever whether I see you or I don't, um, I know that you're like essentially in good hands and that you're 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 uh, doing. Uh, what needs to be done, and you're living living well, and I can rest easy that knowing that you're you're following uh, following instructions. Yeah, and but that sounds much more functional than I think Paul's trying to say. Mm, okay, where where I think he's really trying to give them um, to quote another part of Paul's letters, the peace that passes all understanding. Mm, okay. Be because what the people of Philippi and what Paul is experiencing and what Christ experienced on the cross is the oppression of Rome. And that the, you know, the Roman technique was to kill as many people as publicly, as awfully as possible to try to keep um, the unruly behaving better. Hmm. And increasingly, Christians were seeing being seen as among the unruly because they um, were not um, worshiping the emperor as a deity. So the people of Philippi were, you know, on a daily basis, wondering if they were going to be pulled aside by a soldier and you know, be asked to kiss a statue of the emperor, which they could not do as a Christian, and you know by nightfall be on a cross on the edge of town um, or being about to be thrown to the lions for the next day's entertainment. Um, so they were, you know, the, the Christians at this time were living under a great deal of fear of Rome. And so Paul is saying, yeah, you and I were in the same boat. You admire me, you respect me, but don't, you know, don't sell yourself short. You are also experiencing the same things I am even if you're not in a Roman cell, because hmm. um, you're living under Roman oppression, and your lives on earth are as in danger as mine is, but we live in Christ, and so we don't have to fear losing our lives, because we never do. Right. Yeah. And again, that's something that um, we don't always grasp about Paul is that he has this mystical side to him of being aware of living in Christ now on earth, even as we look forward to living in Christ in heaven. Hmm. Anything, anything else about, um, about no. this, uh, this introductory piece? To like, well, like you say, we'll get deeper into it. Um, but yeah, so that's probably enough for today. Okay. Well, let's move on then to Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 through 16. For the Lord, or sorry, great start. Uh, <laughs> for the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around, and he said to them, Why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, Call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. 
When those hired about 5 o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have paid them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to them, to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you, and go. I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me, or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. Um, starting with that last part, um, that's not the only instance where the first shall be last and the last shall be first, right? I mean, there's several instances in the gospel readings where that is said. Right. Um, but this is the only place that this particular example is given. Uh, where the story uh, occurs? Yeah. yeah. So Matthew's the only one that has this story. Because this is, you know, fairly famous. I mean, as you right. start listening to it, you're like, oh yeah, 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 I've heard this one before. Yeah, so it does stick in our minds, but it, it only occurs in Matthew. So we, in Episcopal churches and others, only hear it every three years. Huh. I didn't realize it was one of those that, that's only a Matthew reading. Yeah, I actually have to admit, even I was surprised. Hmm. Well, that's super weird. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, like I said, it's it, it's definitely one of the more famous ones. I think a lot of times uh, uh, you do hear one, and you're like, oh, that one's weird. I don't quite remember that one. Well, yeah. That's because it's only in one of the books, and so that makes sense. Um, but... Uh, the fact that it is uh, singular to this book, but still um, fairly well known and memorable, is uh, is interesting and um, and ignored. <laughs> what do you mean, and, and ignored? Well, mean? we 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 as humans really hate this lesson <laughs> because well, we do yeah. want to get what we earn. And right. we, and you know, look over and see someone else getting the same exact benefit. We're thinking, well, I worked harder, so I should get more. Right. And, and you know, major part point of the story is that, um, you know, just like with the Jonah story, God gets to give as generously as God chooses to, and it's not up to us to um, be envious of others who are getting the same exact benefit. Right. Um, it is, I think we're inclined to, um, make this analogous to, uh, his generous mercy and, yeah. and, uh, saving grace, right? Um, same kind of a concept as, uh, the prodigal son and, uh, the lost sheep and, you know, talking about how, um, you know, the, the point of the story is that, uh, you know that, that essentially they get into heaven. Uh, that 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 uh, that um, uh, or that that they come to know their God and have a relationship, and that's that's the real point. And so you shouldn't really worry whether you were here from the beginning or whether uh, you uh, snuck in here at the at the very end of 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 time. Um, the, the 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 end result is the same, and that's the part that we should right should should care about. Um, any other meaning? Because I mean, that's kind of the 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 the, the obvious uh, implication, or or the the one that's that's most taught. Are any other any aspects of this that kind of go silently by as we as we read this? <laughs> what a fun way to put it. Um, right? there, yeah, there's one part, and I gotta find it. Um, where okay, in verse. 15 of chapter 20, um, where it reads, Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? The envious is literally could be, could be translated as, Do you carry the evil eye? 
Interesting. Say yeah. more about this. What uh, what does that mean? Yeah, carry the evil eye. Well, first of all, the cons. Uh, I could. I literally had to write a term paper on the evil eye, so I'll try to make it much shorter than that. <laughs> yes, short shorter, please. Uh, but um, part of it is um, that. Oh, okay. Okay. Envy, okay, envious is like, yeah, everyone carries some envy. Mm-hmm. But this really is about being wicked and malicious. Mm. Um, and the con- in this case, the concept of the evil eye, I think it's safe to say, means that it actually poisons how we see the world. Okay. That, that the, in the Mediterranean, the concept of the evil eye was very strong throughout the Mediterranean regions for centuries and centuries, and it's actually still pretty strong uh, as part of the folk wisdom of um, certain areas. And so Jesus is using a term that people will have gone, whoa, <laughs> he really means it. Hmm, um, okay. That, you know, he, he's talking, and really, I can't come up with an equivalent in American culture. Um, but it's an idea that not only are you envious because someone's getting something that you think you should have had, but also you are wishing bad stuff on that person, hmm. and you are becoming evil yourself by that desire you, you now carry. So it's like a corrupting envy. Hugely so. It's not. It's not just a temporary state of being, but it's like this kind of yeah. whirlpool of of um, emotional existence that it just kind of like sucks you down into uh, uh, complete corruption over over over. Yeah, and things. ruins people's lives around you. And um, mm. if you allow the evil eye to. Um, become too big a part of your own existence, it can actually eventually make you into an outcast from society because you're just so damaging. Um, You poison crops. You knock birds out of the air with a glance. Um, You accidentally cripple children by looking at them. I mean, it's it's really powerful. Um, Hmm. and, And frankly, in some cultures, if... Um, people thought you had the evil eye. Uh, they would try to sneak up behind you and kill you, because if you if they if the person with the evil eye saw them coming, then they could overcome the attack. Um, mm-hmm. So it was also quite dangerous to be accused of carrying the evil eye. You could sour milk out of cows, and you could poison wells just by looking at them. It was wow. Yeah, it was an evil superpower. Yeah, and what a strange evil superpower. I mean, curdling milk. Um... Doesn't, yeah, is is, is it exactly uh, up there uh, on the superpower list? As <laughs> well, you're the milk curdler. <laughs> well, it's not like they could go to the supermarket and buy some new milk. I mean, this was that's, you know your family it. was going to be hungry for quite a while. Uh, um, and so interesting, you know. So that's a huge contrast. To the God, you know, the description of God as merciful and steadfast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that you know, the God is God of all goodness, and so it's again another one of these teachings where, if we don't follow that teaching, not only do we lose out on becoming more like God, we also um, decay spiritually. I mean, yeah. it's, a, it's a really, for lack of a better term, it's a really gross thing to have. And so this is a huge warning um, from Jesus to not let that be part of us. And again, something that I think because this lesson is so disturbing to our traditional economy of those who work hardest should get the most, right. um, th- that we've downplayed the translation. Hmm. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. This is um, 
this kind of does challenge the um, that whole, <laughs> especially particularly American uh, sensibility of you know pull yourself up by your bootstraps and work hard and you are and you earn your place in society and 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 the um, the, the the kind of general socialist over undertones of, uh, <laughs> of like uh, you know they worked for an hour but you know they, you know we'll give them we'll give them a full day's wage still um, yeah and and part of the thing to keep in mind about another piece of context of this story is no one was getting rich off this labor that they were all being paid enough to feed their families for one day right. And, and so, think, you know, the, so the people who were carrying the e were at risk of carrying the evil eye were the ones who wanted to, to be able to, um, get wealthier than the others. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think one of the other con potential contexts of this, I think I've heard this in a sermon, uh, uh at one point in time, um, the, the implication of the people standing around uh, idle by noon, by three, uh, uh, by five o'clock, uh, right there at the end of the day, um, isn't an impl implication that they're lazy or that they have nothing to do, but in all likelihood would have been the last to be picked because they're old, infirm, they're weak. Yeah. Uh, they, they would be less desirable to... Uh, to to be hired hands by the different landowners because they would not be able to do as good of work. So they would have been picked over. This is the picked over group of people. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so, therefore, would have been in a, a, a different kind of downward spiral of because they're not seen as fit laborers, they're picked less and less or for fewer jobs or for shorter jobs and therefore bringing in less money and therefore... Uh, um, starving and spiraling into poverty and becoming weaker uh, until they essentially would blink out of existence because they 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 die they they they'll, yeah. they just you know so this is the this is the story of bringing those people up still supporting not not to the detriment of everybody else but right bringing people up and and trying to um, uh, create a a sense of equality which is you know, again, flies in, in, well, in the face of our capitalist natures. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and maybe the term that we'd be more comfortable with, rather than equality, is sufficiency. Mm, okay, yeah. That that everyone here had received a sufficient amount to feed their families. Mm -hmm. And right. yeah, and certainly some were um, better workers, and like you say, were the first choice for the day, um, and. It gives us a different way of seeing people than as simple economic units, um, right. like you were saying, capable of labor better than others, and therefore, yeah. So, yeah, it gives us a, a very radically different way of seeing how we should see each other and value each other and care for each other. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because at the end of the day, it's not uh, the 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 issue at hand is not how good of work the landowner gets out of the people. It's how the landowner serves and, and, and uh, uh, takes care of the people in the village, as it were. Uh, and, right. And, and uh, um, you can read all sorts of things into that, uh, you know, the, the responsibility of, of uh, essentially small business owners uh, uh, to, to take care of, uh, to help uh, uh, support and take care of society. Um, you could, you could infer a whole bunch of, uh, of things from this story. Uh, a lot of them very uncomfortable for us because we do, <laughs> we do yeah. like that idea of, Hey, no, but I worked harder. Uh, and so therefore I should be exalted a little bit more, brought up higher. I should be paid more. I should be recognized for it. I should, you know, uh, uh, and, and again, all, all things going back to other, other parables, you know, that, that same, that same feeling of hey, why did you, you know, slaughter the fattened calf for this this yeah. person who I I don't think deserves it, uh, and and I deserve it more. Um, yeah, the prodigal son from the Gospel of Luke. Yeah. Um, so yeah, in it, fact, there are some that have said that this is the version of the prodigal son in a sense. 
that, that that only Luke has this, the parable of the prodigal son, and only Matthew has this story, but they basically are saying the same thing. Right. Yeah. And so that may be why each excludes the other, because, oh, I've already said that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Luke Luke comes after Matthew, right, as far as, like, when it's written? Yeah. Yeah, so it would probably uh, be so Luke, Luke saying, Luke goes, yeah. <laughs> I got this, this much better story. This this version's better. I like yeah. this. I like this one better. <laughs> well, and the other thing just to to make sure we don't over presume is this is supposed to be an image of how we interact with God as well as with each other. So the the how should I put this? The way that someone like me who has been a part been blessed to be part of church communities really my entire life um, is that I'm supposed to make sure I'm not at all expecting something more because of that. Mm. That instead I've received the gift of being with God and fellow Christians and my life supported, um, my spiritual life supported so well by so many people. And so when someone comes wishes to come into a christian community i am part of i'm not supposed to raise up any barriers i'm not supposed to say oh you got to earn it and in and i'm not supposed to be envious that they've had decades of having the greatest time in the world it seems instead i'm supposed to say yeah we're equal right now yeah, and you may have a sense of God that's better than mine, which drives us up the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we can all, uh, depending on how what angle you come at with the story, we can all um, find ourselves in the shoes of the grumblers, and we can find ourselves in the shoes of the the uh, the, the last that became yeah. first. Yeah. Um, um, depending on on what you might um, uh, interpret the quote unquote daily wage as being, yeah, uh, it, it can change the story for you. If if daily wage is is money, then this means one thing. If this if the daily wage is uh, life and existence uh, as we know it, uh, the, the the meaning has a difference. If the, the 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 daily wage is love, understanding, compassion forgiveness like where you are who you are and where you find yourself in your in your own life this story can kind of shift for you and like okay now i'm a little bit more of the 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 first that became last in the story it kind of yeah. identified that way and on this if you interpret it this way then yeah i'm a little bit more of the people who received something and didn't really work for it and that's you know that's yeah you know uh Something I should should rejoice at, uh, for, or find humility in, or you know, it just uh, it, what an interesting mental exercise um, that you can kind of do with this this yeah. story, this parable. I mean, I, and I just, this just popped into my brain, so maybe complete nonsense, but yeah, if we take the the cartoon strip version of entering heaven with the pearly gates and and someone with a clipboard, and we're all standing in line there. Um, mm -hmm. The person who has had a lifelong relationship with God, the, you know, the, the person who has a strong sense that they are beloved children of God and uh, love Christ and have a sense of Christ in their life, they should be standing that line looking around saying, no, you go ahead of me. You go ahead of me in case someone behind you is discouraged and about to leave the line to go off mm. on their own. Mm -hmm. you know, and... I think what a lot of us um, would be more inclined to do is push our way to the front and say, "Let me in ASAP. I want, right. you know, I want to get a drink from that chocolate fountain on the corner." You know? Right, 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 right. Um, I, I want it for myself. Yeah. In which case would be, ah, you failed that test. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, uh, definitely a, a wealth of of uh, thought provoking oh, uh, yeah. content there. Uh, so, 
it's no surprise that we're about to roll over uh, into an hour-long uh, oh. session today. Uh, with, between Jonah and this story in Matthew, uh, some some really good uh, some really good context uh, uh, and uh, content. I mean, uh, and uh, um, we could go on and on, but you'll have to now uh, tune in on Sunday and see what Bruce makes of this, and then uh, judge him accordingly. Uh, <laughs> Please, no evil eyes. I need my milk uncurdled. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you, we'll we'll have to uh, we'll have to see. You're gonna have to post that that term paper on uh, the evil eye. Uh, that, that sounds super interesting. Um, it but, is uh, fascinating. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to read that. So, uh, but with that, uh, we'll end this your podcast for September twentieth, twenty twenty, proper twenty, uh, the sixteenth Sunday after Pentecost. Uh, uh, please check in online at hfec.org to find everything that's going on uh, with the church. Our uh, YouTube videos are on HFEC videos. Uh, they're on YouTube. Uh, a ton of content there. Uh, there's And there's a, a Facebook watch party at 9 a.m. EST on Sunday uh, uh, with, uh, for, the, uh, for, for this uh, worship service. So that'll, that'll be available then and you can watch it all together. Um, and until then, I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.